0: The following audio is from Harvest Fellowship. For more information about Harvest Fellowship, visit HarvestABQ.org. Good morning, church. Are you having a good summer? Yeah? Yeah? Did you have a good fourth? Did anyone get in trouble for lighting big fireworks? Lexi, where are you at? Okay. All right. No, you did get in trouble? Oh my goodness. I didn't even know that. I'm prophetic. Look at that. Okay. Hey, I'm so glad that you are here. Uh, As you heard in the announcement, summer is a lot of fun. Uh, At Harvest, we have a lot of Uh, Of events, I hope you're taking advantage uh, of them. Uh, We really take summer uh, to just be together. Uh, A lot of our year, we have a very external focus. We're loving our city. We're serving. We're we're doing things community kind of minded. But in the summer, we just kind of take a little bit of time to be together. And I hope that you're enjoying that. I hope you're making friends. I hope you're uh, having some fun uh, along the way. There's so much uh, happening just in the next few weeks. Summer kind of comes to a, a close, and so I just hope that you're uh, uh, taking advantage of that. And quick shout out to all of those that helped in so many ways with our, our big fundraiser the last two weeks with our firework tent. Uh, so many people came out and served, and, and so many people thank you uh, for those that provided meals. Oh, my goodness, the, the fresh meals uh, that was like a godsend uh, every every day! So, thank you, and it was just a huge success. Uh, our, our teenagers are so uh, appreciative. I'm saying thank you for them because they will now get to go to Fine Arts in Columbus in a couple of weeks. And uh, so thank you for uh, being a part of that. And uh, I was out last week, but you got to hear from my dad. Did you enjoy hearing from my dad last week? He, uh, he said he was going to set the record straight. I don't know. Did he set the record straight? I don't know if he did or not. But uh, I, uh, I'm i so thankful for my dad in my life, and I'm thankful for my dad in your life as well. He's uh, a, a, a big part uh, of our church, and I love when uh, he gets to be here and share and preach. And so thank you for, for putting up with my dad. So, hey, we're in a series right now uh, about family. Uh, I hope it's been helpful uh, This is one where we're getting really practical and we're trying really hard to help you because uh, family is awesome. Would you agree with that? Family is also very hard. Would you agree with that? Some of you agreed a little more on the second one than the first. Uh, And and so the Bible has a whole lot to say, a whole lot to offer to us, uh, because all of us have family, every single one of us. uh, Your family might be big, you might be small, uh, you might have, you know, lots of different dynamics in family. But whatever your family looks like, we believe that the Bible has a lot to offer. And so we've taken quite a few weeks to talk about family. And today I want to take a little bit of a different angle as we talk about family today I don't want to talk about I'm not going to talk about the family you were born into which by the way you don't get to choose that right you're born into a family and I don't know maybe at some point you've looked around and said why did God put me in this family right you you don't get to choose that and, and we're not going to talk about the the family maybe that you married into uh, either uh, but today I want to talk mostly about your spiritual family I don't know if you know this Or not, but you have an incredible opportunity to be part of a spiritual family. And that's what I want us to talk about today. I want to start in the book of Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to, by the way, we're going to read a lot of verses today. So if you're a note taker, you're going to need to be ready to write all these down. But Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 says, Consequently, you're no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, and also, and this part just blows my mind, members of "...of his household." you are part of God's family when you make a decision to follow Jesus there's a, there's a lot of words there's a lot of language that we can use uh, to describe that some churches will say when you get saved some people will say when you when you pray this prayer I mean here's the bottom line when you make a decision that you are going to surrender your life to Christ one of the things that happens is that you become part of this amazing spiritual family and today you uh, you're probably in, you're in two camps. Maybe you've never joined this spiritual family. Maybe you're here today and you're checking church out. You're checking God out. You're trying to figure your faith out, which if that's you, I'm so glad you're here because today you're going to get to hear about this amazing spiritual family, the family of God. But for a lot of you, you have joined this family. And I felt like today maybe would be a reminder of all of the amazing things that happen as you join join the family of God, and so today I want to talk about our spiritual family. And before we do, like we do every week, we're going to pause. We're going to say a really quick prayer. And for those of you that are new, you're like, "Haven't we already prayed? We prayed during worship, and we prayed during generosity. And and, and by the way, we're going to pray at the end of the service. We like to pray around here. And yes, we're going to pray again. But this prayer has one purpose, and it's to get our hearts ready for God's word. We believe that every time we open God's word, that He has something to say to us, not just just generally, that's true, but also very, very specifically, here's what's amazing. The Holy Spirit knows exactly what your week looked like this week. The Holy Spirit knows exactly what you're facing tomorrow. You might know. You might not know what's coming tomorrow. The Holy Spirit does. And so this is the moment where we just pause and we just say, God, as we open your word, we open our hearts and we're listening for you to talk to us today. And what happens every single week is he talks to us generally, but he also talks to you and you and you and you and you and you and you open the balcony. He talks. He talks to everybody. And so, will you do this with me? Will you open your heart this morning? All right, let's pray this prayer. So, Father, we open our hearts right now. We believe that in these next few moments, that you are desiring to talk to us, to help us in exactly where we're at right now. And so, Lord, we we just listen. We're listening right now. We're tuning our hearts into you. And I ask that right now, that across this room, you talk to us as a church, but you would also talk to each. And every individual that's in this room today and listening online, Lord, we ask this in your name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. A lot of things happen. When you join a family, uh, I was thinking about this uh, this morning uh, lisa 's family when we were dating, uh, we scheduled a trip to go back. We were in Texas at college, and we were going to go back to Louisiana where she 's from, and I was going to meet her family and on the way, she had some warnings for me. Uh, did, did any of you have to warn your spouse before they met your family and uh, and it was kind of like this it was like her family is uh, a Italian, okay? Anyone have some Italian in your family? And, and I'm kind of making this term up, they're Louisianan, okay? They're Italian and, and Louisianan, right? And, and here's here's the, the here's the main thing that I'll tell you about that, that those two things kind of bring into the family dynamic. We're driving to Louisiana. I'm going to meet her family, and she's, and we're going to meet her, her parents, but we're also going to meet her extended family, like aunts and uncles and cousins and and grandparents and, and all of them all right they're all checking me out and I'm checking them out and she says this to me she says you need to be aware that my family kisses and I said, What do you mean? <laughs> and she said, Like, everybody kisses. Anyone have a family like this? Anyone? This was so foreign to me, okay? So, for, like, y'all, listen, I don't kiss my dad. I don't kiss my brother. Like, I, I don't even kiss my mom. I mean, I'm just like, like, we do not kiss each other. Like, one of the, I wanted to marry Lisa so I could kiss her, okay? I, I did not want to kiss anyone else in her family. And so she warns me. She says, as soon as we get there, my mom is going to kiss you. And I'm like, you need to explain this to me. Like, what kind of kiss are we talking about? And then when we go, by the way, it's on the cheek. By the way, when we go to my family's, my aunts are gonna kiss you, my uncles are gonna kiss you, my cousins are gonna kiss you. And I'm thinking, what in the world have I gotten myself into? I wanted to kiss one. One woman only, and now I've got a whole family that's going to be kissing me, okay? It was super weird. It's still a little bit weird. I've gotten a little more used to it, okay? When you join a family, a lot of, a lot of things happen, okay? A lot. You join, like a lot. There's a lot that goes on. Ephesians, there's uh, another verse, it's in chapter 3, you can just turn the page if you're there. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3, it actually talks about this idea of joining the spiritual family, the family of God. And in this one, it actually mentions how we get a new name, which, by the way, is something that happens in the natural as well. Let me show it to you. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives Its name. So it's it's this idea that when you join a family, you get a new name. When Lisa and I got married, uh, she was Lisa Williams, but on July 15th of 2000, she became Lisa. Dickinson. She got a new name. And now, we have three girls. They all carry that name, Dickinson. One day, they'll marry, you know, men, and they'll, their name will change. I still don't like that, but it will happen, all right? They're going to change their name. And when you join, here's the idea, when you join the family of God, okay, you get, a new, you get a, a new name, you get a new identity, you get a new, you get, you get a new purpose, you, get, you join a family. And today what I want to talk about is what happens, what does it mean when you join the family of God? And I just have like three things, we'll just talk about three things today that will help you to understand what does it mean when I join the family of God? And the first one is this, is that when you join the family of God, you are now part of a family that gives unconditional love. When you join the family of God... You join a family that gives unconditional love. Now, let me say it this way. From God, you receive unconditional love for sure, okay? And we're going to talk quite a bit about that. But also, when you join the family of God, like if you look around this room, these are your brothers and sisters in Christ. This is your part of your family now. And, and, and let me just say it this way. You get unconditional God, love from God for sure. You get unconditional love from the other people in your family, hopefully, <laughs> Okay, like most of the time, all right, and that's just because we're humans and we're not perfect like God is, and so sometimes it's harder for us. And and but but so we're gonna talk about both of these. Okay, unconditional love from one another, unconditional love from God. Around harvest, we have some sayings. Lisa mentioned the one that talks about generosity. We live with open hands. There's another one that that we use that talks about community, our value of community. And the way we say that is we don't do life alone. Now, sometimes uh, uh, you try to use my sermons against me. Did you know that? Sometimes you try to do this. Uh, Yesterday, the teenagers were, the youth, they were trying to plan a, a trip to go to lunch together, and they wanted our girls to go with them. And and, and uh, it just didn't work. This, it was a scheduling issue. It just didn't work. And so we said no, but all the teenagers were around us, and this is what they did. They said, Pastor Jason, you say we don't do life alone. We don't do lunch alone either, Pastor Jason. Your girls need to come. And I'm like, do not use my sermons against me, okay? All right, but if this is for real. We don't do life alone. We value community. The reality is, and this is true, I hope you believe it, that we're better together. We really are. We're better in community. That's the way you were designed to live. God looked at Adam and He, and he said, He said to Adam, He said, It's not right for you to live alone. It's not good for you to be alone. And so He created Eve. And from that moment on, we were designed, we were created to live in community. Yesterday, the reason the teenagers were together is because we were uh, in the final component of our firework fundraiser. We had to turn in the the unsold fireworks, and and there was a whole process to that, and so we were doing that, and uh, I had a a couple of students, Ava and Xavier, they were helping me with a particular uh, firework called the Big Bang. It's Giant, okay. It's about this wide and it's about this tall, and it, it's heavy, okay. Really, really heavy. And we had to put them on a pallet and and shrink wrap them so that they could go. A uh, forklift could get it and put it in the truck. I have, actually have a picture of this, I think, and I can show it to you real quick. And, and and this is what happened: is Xavier was helping me and we were stacking the boxes on the pallet, and we had to get four across and then one on the end, and and, and so we were stacking them. So Ava was helping me, and and as we. We would stack them, she would hold them, you know, just balance them because I had to get all of them there before we could shrink wrap them. And, and, and as we shrink, we, we, we did the shrink wrap and we were, we were, we were putting that around and we we're tying them all together. And Xavier and I were, t- were talking about how before you shrink wrap them, you could literally just walk up with your finger and it didn't take much pressure to just topple the entire pile but they're better together when we, shrink, when we put that shrink wrap around them and we join them together. And I told Xavier, I said, this is gonna end up in a sermon because we're better together because we don't do life alone. Do you believe that? We don't do life alone. And in that, in community, and this is hard, it requires us to have unconditional love for one another. And I know we're human, and I know we make mistakes, and I know we're, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes we are hard to love. But in this family, in the family of God, the idea is that you join a family where unconditional love is given. Now, here's the the deal I want you to know. You won't always get this from your, your spiritual brothers and sisters. I hope you'll get it most of the time. But you will always get unconditional love from your heavenly Father. Always. Let me show you some scriptures. John chapter three, verse sixteen. This is actually kind of a hard idea to swallow—that unconditional love. Most famous, probably verse in the Bible, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, the world He loved everyone. He loved the big people and the little people. He loved the white people and the black people and the brown people and all the other people. He, he loved. He, God so loved the world. That he gave his only son, right? This is, yeah, you know this verse. You could quote this verse. You probably have it cross-stitched on some pillow in your house. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. And whoever believes in him will not perish, will not die, but will have eternal life. There's a promise in this of unconditional love. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says it this way. But God demonstrates his love for us like this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Here's the unconditional love. He didn't wait for you to get your act together. He didn't wait to see if you'd clean yourself up and figure some things out and make a little bit of progress. But while you and I were still messed up, living for ourselves, being selfish, doing whatever you know we wanted to do, Christ chose to love us in spite of ourselves and he died for our sins. Romans chapter 8 now verse 38 for I am convinced that neither death nor life angels nor demons the present nor the future nor any powers no height nor depth nor anything else in all creation. That's pretty that's a pretty big list right? None of that will be able to separate us from what? The love of God. The unconditional love of God. I'm just telling you, when you join this amazing family of God, it's a family that loves unconditionally. I want you to know today that you cannot blow it bad enough for God to stop loving you. Isn't that amazing? You can't. You, don't, don't try. Don't test this, okay? Just believe me. You can't blow it bad enough for God to stop loving you. You can't get away from it. You can't outrun it. You cannot get away from the unconditional love of God. Let me show you just one more scripture in case, I don't know, maybe that wasn't enough. Luke chapter 6, verse 35. Look at this one. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you'll be children of the Most High. Okay, now here's the last part. This is the part that shows us the unconditional love of God. Watch this. Because He, the Most High, God, is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. That's a a pretty interesting um, sentence, right? That the Most High is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Real quick, do you know anyone that is ungrateful and wicked? Anyone? Anyone? Just real quick, you're hesitant to, hold, to raise your hands. You feel like I'm tricking you. All right, do, do me a favor, because I am tricking you. Okay, those of you that have a phone, those of you that have a phone, get your phone out and put it on camera. Do it right now. Get your phone out and, and put it on the camera setting, and then turn it to the selfie mode, okay? <laughs> turn it to the selfie mode, and just look. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just do it real quick, and look at that, and then look. Look. Do you see yourself? Do you happen to see an ungrateful and wicked person right now? <laughs> I do. I'm looking at my phone right now. <laughs> all have sinned. I tricked you. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And here's the deal. Some of you pointed it real quick at your spouse. That was, not, that was not nice of you. That was not nice of you, okay? This is the God that we serve. He is kind and loving to the ungrateful and to the wicked, which is all of us. You cannot get away from the unconditional love of God. What does it mean to join this amazing spiritual family? You get the unconditional love. Number two, you're now part of a family that brings unmerited favor. Unmerited favor. I want to use this word. I'm going to show you in the scripture, but I want to use this word, adoption, okay? Uh, you probably know what that word means, okay? Which, which, first of all, shout out to all the foster families and adoptive families. What incredible work that you're doing. I'm, I'm just... I'm in awe. I support you. We pray for you. We believe in you. Um, adoption, here's the definition from the dictionary, is legally taking another's child and raising it as your own. Okay? That's what adoption is. Someone else's child, you take them into your family. You make them part of your family. It's a legal, there's a legal component to this, and you raise that child as if they are your own. Child. Now, this word is important because it helps us to understand what the Bible says about joining God's family. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5. I told you there's a lot of scripture today. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5. He predestined us for adoption. There's the word. Through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will. Galatians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, and pay attention to this, we'll talk about it, Abba, Father. So, you're no longer a slave, but God's child, because you're adopted into this family. And since you are his child, God has also made you and heir. This word or this phrase, Abba Father, that we see here in Ephesians. We also see it in Galatians chapter 4 and Romans chapter 8. But it's actually first used. The first time you see it is in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14, verse 36. Jesus is in his final days, he's getting ready to go to the cross, and he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's praying. And in this prayer, this is the first time that we, we see this phrase, Abba Father. He, he's praying to his to his father and he uses this phrase and, and here's here's what you need to know about it is Abba is the Aramaic word for father, okay? So in other words, he's saying father, father, okay? He's he's literally saying it twice. There are three languages of the day, Hebrew and Greek and Aramaic, and Jesus spoke Aramaic. It was the primary language of the day. And so he uses this word. He says, Abba, father. So father, father. And what most scholars believe, if, if you study like the, the linguistics of it, the, the language, is that it actually means the father my father okay the father my father in other words jesus is starting a language here to help us to understand the family of god because god is not just the father he's not just a father i could point to a bunch of men in this room today and say he's a father and he's a father and he's a father and he's it's not just the father but he's saying he's saying it's personal He is my father. He's my father. And then Paul, the apostle, comes along in Romans and in Galatians, and he says to them, he says, church, guess what? Because you are part of the family of God. God is not just the father, but you now get to call him Abba Father, my father. It's a very personal thing to call God my father. This is what happens when you join the family of God. I have to show you one more verse about this because it's pretty exciting to me. After the resurrection, Jesus appears to Mary. And this is the conversation, John 20, verse 17. Jesus says to Mary, don't hold on to me, for I have yet to ascend to the Father. Go instead to the brothers and tell them. Listen what he says. I am going to my Father, and watch this, and your Father. He said, I am going to my God and your God. So just before Jesus leaves the earth, he reminds us of this idea that when you join the family, you now have a heavenly father who's an amazing father, who's who's incredible in every way. And 2 Corinthians 6, verse 18 says this, I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So, if you happen to be taking notes today, just, just stop for just a minute. Just stop taking notes because I want you to take this in today. I want you to, to, to fully realize this. You are a child of God. How amazing is that? Like, don't, don't just fly past it. I know if you've grown up in church, you're like, I know this. This is a big deal. You are a child of God been adopted in he said i will legally raise you as my own <laughs> i will take you in as my own. i will make you an heir because you're you're a child of god i was thinking about all the implications of this and and one of the things i thought of was was this was that that because you have this relationship with god as your as your he's my father you have access to god I thought about, about it this way. My dad, growing up, uh, was a pastor, and uh, I knew that he was a very busy man, and a lot of people um, needed him and wanted his time, and, and so much of his day was, was meeting with people and counseling people and, and calling and, and doing all the things that, that pastors do, but, but I knew, I learned quickly, I learned quickly that I was more important to my dad than any of these other people. Like, they were important to him, don't get me wrong, okay? But I learned that I, because I am his son, was more important than all of the other people. And there are multiple times in my life that I would call my dad on his cell phone, and actually this this shows you because cell phones were just kind of becoming a thing at this point of our lives. In fact, he had the big, for the first one, the big brick phone, do y'all remember that? It had to plug into a car. It actually wasn't mobile. It was kind of mobile because you had to stay in your car, right? So before that, check this out, in his office on the landline, there was the church number, but there was also a private number. I felt like I had the bat phone number, right? Like there was only a couple of us, my brother and myself and my mom, we were the only ones that had that phone number. And here's what I learned. If I called that number and dad was in the office, no matter what, he answered it, no matter what. Cause he knew that only three other people had that number and all three of them were more important than anyone that was sitting in that room. So I might have abused this at times. I might have, right? I remember a day that I called because I wanted to go to Dion's with my friends. Kind of like yesterday, my kids, right? And, uh, and so I called the bat line. And my dad answered. He's like, hey, he didn't know, you know, hello? I said, hey, dad. He goes, hey, Jason. Do you need something? And I go, yeah, I need to know if I can go to Dion's with my friends, he says, Jason, have you asked your mother? Good parenting right there. Wanted to p- p- make sure we weren't pitting them against each other. And I, I, I don't remember my answer, but this is what I remember. He said, Jason, I'm in a board meeting right now. Is, is this important? Or Because I, I answered the phone. Or, or can your mom take care of this? And I, and I knew. I'm like, I made the wrong call, right? <laughs> I, I just knew right then. But I knew, I learned that day that I had access that no one else had. And I want you to know this today. You have access to your heavenly father. He loves you unconditionally. You get unmerited favor. You, like, like you have access to him today. And I have to address this because some of you, um, you, you had a bad earthly dad. There's, there's a lot of bad earthly fathers today. And if that's your story... Hear me sincerely that I that I, I am sorry. I, I, I hate that that has been your experience with your earthly father. And I know that because of that, that when a pastor talks about a good father, a heavenly father, a loving father, an unconditional loving father, that it's hard for you to understand because your reference point for a father is not that. So I get that and I just have to acknowledge that today. And I have to tell you this. I have to tell you that you can trust your heavenly father in spite of your bad earthly father. That your heavenly father is generous, and he's loving, and he's kind, and he's gentle, and he's protective, and he provides. I mean, I'm just telling you, he is perfect. Your heavenly father is perfect. He's perfect. There's so much that comes with this relationship with your heavenly Father. Growing up, my dad was a pastor. I already told you that. But he also was a general contractor. And so growing up, my brother and I, we learned how to build things. We we built houses and we built quite a few churches around the, the state because of my dad and, and what he did. And, and my, my dad's company was called JM Builders. And there's a story there. I won't tell you that, that today. So I grew up working for JM Builders. I learned how to build houses. And, 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 and I I, I kind of graduated up. Like my first job was like picking up trash on a job site, and my next job was putting anchor bolts on during the framing of the job. I got a nickel for everyone. I had to put it on. I had to tighten it. I had a little tally mark on a little two by four, and I turned the two by four in. At the end of the day, Dad would add it up, and I'd get a nickel for everyone that I did. That was my. These are my first jobs, and eventually I learned how to do other things. I learned how to frame, and I learned how to lay tile. Um, Lisa still doesn't think I know how to lay tile because some of ours are a little bit uneven. In our house, but you know, I, I learned I learned a few things, and, and so I'm getting ready to go to college. I, I, I'm packing my my jeep. I put all my clothes in, I got, got my shoes, I, I got my all my college stuff together. And dad goes in the garage and he starts pulling aside extra tools. He's like, I have two skill saws, you take this one. I have two nail guns, you take this one. I have two uh, air compressors, you take this one. And, and he's loading my Jeep with all of these extra tools. And he says, when you get to Texas, I want you to get settled in school and then I want you to go and I want you to find some construction jobs that you can do, because you know how to do it, and now you'll have the tools, and you start doing construction jobs, and so I started doing that. I started doing some construction jobs. I was a freshman in, in, uh, in college, and I, I found a roofing job, and I found this job, and I was doing jobs, and one day my dad comes into town, and he comes to see me. He had some meetings there, and he met with a friend, and he looked at a couple of lots there in the town where I was going to college, and he bought these four. He bought four lots in the town where I was going to college, and he came back home, and he got a, a, a plan from a house that we built when I was a teenager and he put it in the mail and I get it and I call him I said dad what is this for and he said I want you to take that plan I want you to go to the bank and see if you can get a loan to build a house on this lot that I just bought and I want you to go to the city and see if you can get a permit to build this house this house on the lot that I just bought and so here's what I did I was 19 years old and I went in to the bank I put my best clothes on which weren't very nice because I was in college I put my best clothes on and I walked into the bank Here's is what I said I said hello my name is Jason Dickinson my dad is Mike Dickinson they didn't know my dad I was in a different state I said I said he owns JM Builders and I am the watch I am the president of the Texas division of JM Builders didn't that sound good they didn't know we didn't we hadn't done a thing yet it sounded really good here's here's the key I am Jason Dickinson, son of Mike Dickinson, right? And I said to the banker, I didn't tell him how old I was, but I bet he could figure it out. I said, I am here to request a loan of $100,000 to build this house. And I put the plans on his desk. And by some miracle, they gave me the loan. I walked into the city of Waxahachie. I said, hello, my name is Jason Dickinson, son of Mike Dickinson, he owns JM Builders. I am the president of the Texas division of JM Builders and I would like to build this house here in your fine town. Can I please apply for a permit? They just gave me the paperwork and said, fill this out, and laughed at me and I filled the paperwork out and eventually, eventually I got a permit. I went to the local lumber company. You're not gonna believe what I said? I said, hello, my name is Jason Dickinson, son of Mike Dickinson. He owns JM Builders. Their corporate office is in Albuquerque, New Mexico, but I am the president of the Texas division, and I'm here to open an account so we can build this house. Are you following me? And everywhere that I went, everywhere that I went, I got unmerited favor. Everywhere I went, now, here's the reality, it wasn't because of me. It wasn't because I was 19, right? I didn't have credit. I didn't have nothing. But they looked at me, and because of my dad, and because of his track record, and because of all of that, they opened accounts for me. They gave me favor, and I, and I had the opportunity to build a house. Are you, are you following me? This is how it works with your heavenly Father. I shared a name right we we'll go back to that idea that, that 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 when you join a family your name changes i shared a name with my father and because of that name it granted me access into places i had no business being <laughs> into opportunities I had no business having, right? Into, it, it, it opened doors that never would have opened for a 19-year-old, you know, punk kid. There's, there's no way, and I want you to know this today. I want you to know that your heavenly father doesn't just own a company. He owns the world. He is the most, he's God. He's the most powerful. He, listen, because of, because of your relationship, you will get opportunities that you don't deserve, He will open doors that you can never open. You will go places that you would never have got on your own. I'm I'm trying to help you today that when you join this amazing family of God, there is unmerited favor. It's unmerited favor. But you you also need to know this. It's going to sound a little bit harsh. You've been having fun, but it's the scripture. If you are not in relationship with God, he's not your daddy. (laughs) Okay? You have a different daddy. Can I tell you about, if, if you're not in relationship with God, you have a different dad. John chapter 8 talks about this. It says, I'm telling you what I've seen in my father's presence, and you're doing what you have heard from your father. Lots of father language here. Abraham is our father, they answered. And they says, Jesus says this, if you were Abraham's children, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you're looking for a way to kill me, a man who's told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. Okay, so he's identifying that, that these evil people have a different father. Okay, and they are a little bit upset and they say, we're not illegitimate children. The only father we have is God himself. Verse 42, Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. So then Jesus does not mince words. Very, very clear. Verse 44, you belong to your father, the devil. Ouch. Ouch. And you want to carry out your father's desires. You belong to your father, the devil. Uh, Adoptive families, you will understand this better than any of us. But when you join a new family, it's often hard to adjust to the new family and the unmerited favor that comes with it. It's often hard for uh, an adopted child. Uh, to assimilate into the new family. You know, I've, I've talked to a lot of families who, who share these type of stories where where they're feeding this their, their new child, the adopted child that, that they brought in. They're treating their child as their own. They're feeding that child you know, three good meals a day and snacks in between and they're taking care of them and they'll find that this child is taking food and hiding it and stashing it in their room because they've spent so much of their life having to to scrimp and save and, and scavenge and, and and get you know they don't know where their next meal is going to come from so they're hiding food so they and, and adoptive parents it's hard because they go we're going to always provide for you we're going to always care for you we're going to always take care of you but it's hard to to assimilate into this new family and the unmerited favor that comes with it so it's it's common for an adoptive child to to, to hide food it's a, it's common for them to to hide nice things that 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 their new parents have bought for them they they don't want to mess them up they don't want to break them they don't want they don't want to ruin them and so they hide them away this is common and what i'm saying is that if you're new to following jesus you need to know that there's unmerited favor towards you and for a while probably for a long while it won't make sense And it might be hard to adjust that this heavenly father, as opposed to the devil, okay, wants to bless you, wants to take care of you, wants to open doors for you, wants to provide for you, wants to talk with you, wants to be in relationship with you. And it might be a tough adjustment to make. And so I'm trying to help you today. I'm trying to to make you aware today that when you join this family, you get unconditional love. An unmerited favor. And here's the last one. When you join this this family of God, you're now part of a family that gives you unearned blessings. Unearned blessings. I am part of a pretty amazing family. I have an amazing wife. We have three amazing kids. I have amazing... Uh, parents. I have amazing in-laws. They're here. Uh, they've moved here now. I have amazing in-laws. I have amazing aunts and uncles. And I'm just, I, I, we're so blessed. We have, we have an amazing family. Uh, my uncle Hal and uh, Aunt Shauna, um, they're on my dad's side of the family. And over the years, uh, they have unofficially adopted uh, people into our family, okay? And, and, and I kind of frustrated me for a while um, because I would show up at family functions and there would be people there who I knew were not part of our family. Okay? And uh, and then Uncle Hal or Aunt Shauna would introduce me uh, to this new family that that they had adopted into our family and I, and I didn't think that that was fair. okay? Because I'm like, we have an awesome family. Why did they get to be part of our awesome family? Because they're not part of our awesome family. But Uncle Hal and then Aunt shauna adopted them in okay are you following me they were they were always doing this and i'd show up at family functions and i'm like y'all don't even look like us like you can't you're not part of our family i don't understand. this is this does not they were constantly doing it i mean constantly we had a family reunion this last christmas and on the way i'm trying to figure out we're telling the kids this uncle and this aunt and this person had this and these are the cousins and they have these babies you're trying to draw the family tree but then on the side i'm like and these people might be there and they call us family, but I'm still trying to figure them out. They've kind of been adopted in. Uncle Hal and Aunt Shauna, they're just, they're just making our family tree bigger and bigger all, all the time. They're, they're just adding people to the family. And, and there's, this, there's this idea that there is, there is blessing that comes when you join a family. By the way, I, I finally accepted it, and they're, they're all part of the family now. Okay, we're, we're good. We've settled our issues. this family of God that you're a part of, you get blessings that are unearned. <laughs> not, it's not because of what you've done. It's, not because, it's, not, it's, it's just because you're in this family. Colossians chapter one, verse 13 says this, for he rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us, brought us into the kingdom of God. Like my uncle Hound and Aunt Shauna brought people into The Dickinson clan, right, brought us into the family. I want you to know today that when you surrender your life to Christ, you are brought into the family of God. And as you're brought in, there are blessings beyond anything that you can even imagine. Blessings. Genesis chapter 1 and 2 is the story of the creation of the world. You, You probably know the story, the world's being created and the trees and the animals and light and dark. And then Adam and Eve are created, the first man and the first woman. And, 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 and in Genesis 3 is the fall of man when, when, when mankind sins and, and we break the, the perfection that was in the world. And, and we are still, we're still have that today. We always will until Jesus comes back. It will always be a broken world. And after... After God created man and woman, you can go back and read this, Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, as soon as he created man and woman, this is the first thing he did, first thing, Genesis 1, 28, says this, and God blessed them. I'm just, I'm just telling you today, the desire of your heavenly father is to bless you. The first thing he did, the very first thing for Adam and Eve is he blessed them. It's the first thing that he did. That is his heart towards you. But then after chapter 3, after they fall, after the sin, God talks to them. And he doesn't curse them, but he lets them know about the curses that they have now brought into their lives. Okay? He, he explains to them the curse. That's the part we're still, we're still dealing with today. But I want you to know today that the heart of God towards you in this spiritual family is to bless you. Let, let me show you this. We're almost done. The the last word of the last sentence of the last chapter of the last book of the Bible. You can go check it. It's it's Malachi. Malachi chapter 4. The very last word in that chapter, that verse, that sentence is the word cursed. The very last word of the Old Testament is cursed. We turn into the New Testament, get a couple of chapters in, and the first word of the first sentence of the first sermon that Jesus preaches is this, blessed. The Sermon on the Mount, over and over, blessed is he, blessed is he, blessed, blessed, blessed. I'm just telling you, I'm telling you, please believe it today, that the heart of your heavenly father towards you is to bless you. Now you have a very real enemy, and he wants to be your dad, and his, his agenda for you is to destroy you. But the heart of your father, your heavenly father, is To bless you. Jesus, listen to me. Jesus came to remove the curse. He died on a cross to deal with the curse. It started in Genesis chapter 1. Jesus came to put an end to the curse. And so the question for you and I today in this this family of God is, do you want the blessing or the curse? Because I'll tell you this, I know what I want. (laughs) There's no doubt that I know what I want. Why don't you stand with me? Psalm chapter 68, verse 6 says this. This is such good news. This is such good news for us today. Psalm 68, verse 6 says this God sets the lonely into what? Family. God sets the lonely into family. Listen, whatever your family dynamic is today, you're married, you're single, you're divorced, you like your family, you don't like your family. You have kids, you don't have kids, you've adopted kids, like whatever. This family, family looks, it looks all kinds of ways. Whatever your family looks like today, here's the promise. God sets you and I into family, into family. We've mentioned this idea of adoption a few times today. I just want to go back to it. This is where we're going to end today. Here's the interesting thing about adoption is that children don't choose their parents parents choose the children, right? And you need to know this because it helps you to understand this theological idea of the family of God, okay? So you need to know this today. You don't choose God. God chooses you. And I don't know if you've responded to that today. I hope you have. But wherever you're at today, God has already chosen you. He's already chosen you. Do y'all remember, do y'all remember like elementary school, uh, uh, playground uh, uh, games, how, how they'd get the two best people, right? The two most athletic people, and what would they do? They would choose the teams, right? Watch this. I'll show you if you were athletic or not. How many of you, when that happened, you were the chooser? Were there any, any of y'all in the room? Any of y'all? Come. It's okay. Raise your, hand. Raise your hand. Yeah, y'all were the best, right? You were the fastest and the strongest and the, the kickballiest and the, all the whatever, right? You were the best. You loved it because you are like, I'm going to choose the team, right? How many of you were chosen the first two or three? For first two or three. Anyone? Yep. It's okay. You don't be a It's okay. You were, right? So you, you didn't mind this either, okay? Now watch this. How many of you... You were just hoping, right, that there was someone worse than you, right? You were just hoping, right, that that day, right, that someone else showed up that was worse than you. Come on, show me. It's going to feel freeing right now. God loves you. It's good. It's good. God loves you. Your friends didn't love you in elementary school, but God loves you. You're good enough. You're smart enough. And people like you, okay? Okay. That's a horrible experience. Am I right? For most of us, it's a horrible experience. Let me let me just tell you today: if you were in the kickball line, right? God has chosen you. Like you don't have to fidget and worry and like, oh, what's going to happen? Is he going to choose me? I'm not very good at this. Did he see what I? Oh, I don't. Like, listen, God has chosen you. John chapter fifteen, verse six says this very clearly. It says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. You have been chosen today to be part of this amazing family of God. Please listen to me. God has chosen you. God has chosen you. Our worship team is going to lead us in a final song, and then I'm going to come back. I want to I pray with you. And I wanna, I'm going to invite you, I'm going to invite you to join the family of God. Some of you, maybe you've never done that today. Today's the day you get to be part of this big, awesome, amazing family, unmerited uh, blessing, un, unmerited favor, unearned favor, unconditional love. And guess what? Guess what else? And you get all of us with it too. <laughs> it's, it's a good thing. It's a good, most, we're good. We're Mostly it's a good thing. I'm going to invite you to join this family. But for some of you... You've been in this family for a while, and you needed to be reminded today. So you can walk out with your head a little bit higher, your shoulders back and a little bit taller, reminded that because of your heavenly father, you have you have so much available to you, so much available to you. And we're gonna bank our we're gonna bank our week this week on that, on those prompt we're gonna say, God, I'm recognizing who I am because of you as your as your child. And we're gonna pray, we're gonna ask God for his blessing and his favor upon our lives. Does that sound good to you? Our worship team, why don't you come help us today. We'll come pray in just a minute. Thank you for listening to the Harvest Fellowship Podcast. For more information, visit harvestabq.org.